Happy New Year! This is Adventist Voices Spectrum's podcast, and I'm Alexander Carpenter. We're kicking off 2023 with a film conversation. You may have seen uh, this film pop up when you were there with your family over the holidays, looking on those streaming services, trying to find something that everyone would enjoy. I recommend this. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's called Wildcat. It's a documentary, a beautiful story that is set in some stunning scenery in Peru, but also in the U.S. and in the U.K. And it concerns a couple of real people. Harry Turner is an Englishman who spent uh, part of his early 20s deployed to Afghanistan. And he's returned with some physical scars, some tattoos, and some mental scars as well. He's suffering from PTSD quite severely at times. He finds himself in the jungles of the Peruvian Amazon where he's volunteering to work at a wildlife research and rehabilitation center called Oja Nueva. Also there is an American doctoral student named Samantha Zwicker, who is working at the same rehabilitation center for animals. And they end up focusing both their healing and their ability to heal on a couple of wildcats. In this case, some ocelots. Very cute. Uh, And I won't reveal more about that part of the story, but I got a chance to sit down with the very talented filmmakers, directing, cinematography, production credit, all goes to Trevor Frost and Melissa Lesh. And I found them to be very, very thoughtful about what they were trying to create here, not just in terms of a kind of humanitarian story, uh, healing, connection to animals, ecology, but we also tackle some issues of spirituality. I hope you enjoy it. And it is available to watch, so definitely check it out on Amazon Prime. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move when the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget it. As you were getting into this project, kind of halfway through realizing what you needed to, or during the process, think about what you needed to change. And then as you did all the work and going through and editing and getting this out into the world, what kept you going through all the hard parts of making this? That's a very loaded question. Um, (laughs) And a good good question, because I think it's important. And I think it's something that we have to hold on to as filmmakers because making these movies can be very tough. They can be very taxing on our own mental, physical well-being, especially a story like this. It deals with a lot of trauma um, and deeper themes. Of course, there's a lot of levity and joy and love as well, but 
Yeah, I think I think one of the things that kept me going specifically, um, you know, going back to these wild places and seeing the beauty of the Amazon, seeing the the just the stunning the stunning natural world and our connection to it and the power of these places um, for my own well-being. You know, I know Trevor feels the same in these in these in these wild places. There is a kind of divinity there that is really um, cha- it changes you on a cellular cellular level. And so returning to this to this place, we did 13 trips to the to Peruvian Amazon during the making of this movie. Um, and every time you kind of get this reset and this breath of fresh air, we're off grid for, you know, two weeks or more at a time. And you're really present and you really are with yourself and, you know, with each other, the people that you're around. So I think in the actual production, that was really something that kept me centered and reminded of why we're doing this work. It's it's for these incredibly stunning places and how quickly we're losing them. And then in the kind of the post-production process, having an incredible team, having people that we admire deeply, respect, that believe in this story, that are helping us craft in the best possible way, and having just a really, really solid, loving, supportive, creative, and producing team um, kept me going. Uh, I would say that, you know, when you start a new project, there's always a certain energy there in the beginning, right? It's exciting. It's something new. And, and, uh, and usually at some point midway through, and I think this is what you're referring to, you, 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 you find yourself kind of, it, it, you know, it becomes a job, right? Like there's a certain glamor that's presented in the press about this kind of work. You know, I, I come from a background of working for National Geographic magazine where, you know, it's like the allure of being a Nat Geo photographer. And the reality is that, that quite the opposite is true. You know, there's this enormous amount of just hard work. That's not fun. That's not glamorous that goes into this stuff. And so, you know, there is that moment halfway through or sometimes a little earlier than that or sometimes a little bit later than that where you, you know, you really are questioning it. Um, But I think one of the things, you know, for me personally is, you you know, at that point you've made an obligation, um, you know, you sort of have this obligation, uh, unspoken obligation uh, between the people that you're filming and the place that you're filming um, to follow through. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when people open their lives to you in the way that Harry and Samantha open their lives to us, um, and when a place does that as well, right? Like, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound too kind of um, uh, hippie in saying this, but when a place allows you to film there as well, there is a certain um, respect that you owe that place as well. And and so I think for me, it was like a sense of obligation to follow through on making sure we, you know, we honored the trust that Harry and Samantha gave us and and also the, the, that the Amazon rainforest gave us because I we couldn't have made this film if it weren't for you know, the rainforest itself, like it, it was actually the reason that so much of the intimacy in our film is there, right? Like it, it, it's a place that when you go there, it, it, it strips you bare of all the things that society has kind of tacked on to you as a human. And, and so it, it's what brought Harry and Samantha into this very raw state and allowed us to make a, the film that we made. Like if we had tried to make a film about their lives, you know, um, anywhere else, it, it it would have failed. I have no doubt about that. And so, you know, that ties back to what Melissa was saying that that these places uh, like the Amazon rainforest and, and sometimes even it could just be your backyard park have profound 
you know, effects on all of us. Um, and so, yeah, it was, for me, it was that like this unspoken sense of obligation to, to make sure that we kept going. Even, even sometimes though, I, you know, would have rather stayed home and played with my cats. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad you're talking about divinity and uh, the environment. And one of the things that I really like about this film is both of those concepts are kind of big and, you know, People often tune out when you're talking about big concepts like conservation, climate change, and spirituality. And this gets grounded really quickly with two human lives that um, are uh, that that connect to so many things that people uh, deal with: idealism, finishing graduate work, uh, doing something in your whatever it is twenties late 20s, early 30s, uh, beyond where you grew up and and sort of going through that individuation process of creating your own identity separate from, you know, who you were before, uh, relationships, uh, and then um, kind of figuring out who you're going to be for the rest of your life, uh, mental health issues and connecting those to who, uh, you know, who you were and who you're going to be. So, um, my question there is when you were, um, turning the camera over to your subjects and saying here, you're going to film this and we're going to make a movie out of what you're doing as well as what we're doing. Um, how did that, how did that happen and why do you think it ultimately worked so well to, to give you and give well let me say it this way give the audience a chance to really get their perspective on what was happening even through some very difficult scenes yeah i think they're there so one you know when i met uh, harry and samantha i was down in the amazon rainforest trying to sort of doing reconnaissance work for a new story for national geographic magazine on anacondas and I, and I quite literally randomly stumbled upon the two of them in a hotel room, um, hotel lobby actually, and met them and got learned a little bit about their story. And a few days later, you know, got, got to actually really talk to them and they brought with them a hard drive. And when they plugged that hard drive into my computer, it was full of, of this remarkable footage of, of them sort of rescuing and rehabilitating wildlife and building Oja Nueva, this incredible, you know, conservation center that now exists down there that Samantha's still running. And I was so impressed with what they had filmed, um, not just the quality of the cinematography, but also when they chose to keep recording, you know, which is something that like a lot of people, when things get difficult, they put the camera down. And so when I saw that archive, I immediately knew that they had all the skills in place to, to, to film. And so there was an, already like a, a huge level of trust um, that I had that they could do the filming. And then when I came home and, and shared the footage with Melissa, she immediately saw the same thing in the footage, you know, that there was, that they were really, really good at doing this. And so we knew that with a little bit of help from us, we could expand their horizons even more and, and, and continue to get great footage. So we were never really concerned in any way that, 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 that was going to be a difficult, you know, thing to do. Um, and then I'll let Melissa answer this sort of second part of that question. What was the second part of that question? <laughs> Good question. Um, uh, it, I think tr so. You how you know how it happened? I guess I think what's really interesting about it is that we're really you know the camera is sort of outside. There's 
clearly see uh, scenes that are filmed from a filmmaker's perspective and then we're inside their world, which is sometimes really chaotic. Uh, You know, it melds with the natural world. We're dealing with, you know, serious mental health issues and, you know, you know, just the kind of stuff that happens when you're working together and figuring things out, really moving scenes, of course, when Harry's family shows up. Um, so I guess I'm kind of curious, you know, how you made choices about when you would um, kind of let them tell their story. And then when you were kind of telling the story um, in the in the filming process and in the editing process and really just how you think about narrative and my bigger point there is just the human really helps us understand these bigger ideas, which the film does yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, definitely a lot of important points. So I think just starting off, you know, we filmed over a thousand hours of footage and that was wow. our own footage. That was the some of the archive. And that was also what Harry and Samantha were filming in the field. And so, you know, when you're in the rainforest and things are unfolding in real time, we we really wanted to carry that that for, that present tense type of story and you're embed people in this in this journey and, you know, what it takes and and the the emotional roller coaster of going through and like you said the relationship as well. Um and so part of it was roll all the time. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. And so we just wanted to be filming. When we were there, we were filming them. Sometimes they were filming us. You know, they joke about, wait till we take, wait, wait till we release the film that we've been making about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also when we weren't there, you know, th- we all knew that to make this story, to really have the scenes we needed to have all the options in terms of constructing the most powerful narrative, we had to capture those beats. We had to have, you know, those, those key moments. And it's hard to know when those key moments are going to be because you're working with a wild animal and you're in a very unpredictable environment. And so it was clear from the beginning. And when we all started making this movie together in a very, you know, collaborative way, thinking about it as if we were all creative partners, um, that, yeah, we just needed to be capturing everything. Um, and so they, the camera became just a, a part of the fabric of daily life, you know, when we were down there and also when we weren't down there, whether it was camera traps that were set up around the platform, you know, to see if Keanu's coming by or Harry and Samantha on their phones filming each other, you know, Harry filming when he goes out with his little brother to catch fish. There were a lot of moments that, you know, you just never know when there's going to be something powerful that happens. And so, yeah, we all knew that we had to be rolling all the time. And in doing that, we were able to pull out the best of the best from a lot of options and construct, you know, the most powerful narrative with these very personal ideas, but that capture, you know, universal themes. There were, you know, there were, tent pole moments, if you will, that we knew we needed to be down there for. So for example, when Harry and Samantha first sort of released Keanu for his first night out, you know, in the jungle, um, we knew that that was an important, you know, moment to be there, obviously. And so we were there filming and, and Harry was also filming and Samantha was filming. So there were moments like that. But as Melissa alluded to, one of the challenges of making a film in the rainforest 
versus say making a film in in Washington DC or New York or something like that is that when you're when you're in a place like New York and you're you're making a documentary and you're filming let's say a, a, a person um, typically they have things that are going on throughout their day. And so you have some idea of what's going to be happening in their day. And you have some idea of what are the, what are the important things that I need to be there for. Um, and you, you, you generally are able to gauge, you know, this is going to be like, they have a doctor's appointment and this is a really important thing to, to be at versus them going to a corner store and buying a Gatorade, right? In the jungle, you don't have that luxury because for the most part, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting around in like a hammock all day long, holding a little miniature fan attached to a battery, just trying to cool yourself down. And so, cause you literally never know when something's going to happen, right? Like all of a sudden a harpy Eagle comes or a monkey climbs down or, you know, um, something happens that you never expected. And so as Melissa was saying, you know, that means that you just kind of have to roll a lot more than you would, that you, than you would normally, but certainly for things like, you know, releasing Keanu, um, when Harry's family came down, we knew that we needed to be there for that. Uh, when, when, when Harry was leaving the jungle, finally, um, there, you know, those kinds of moments when it was very key to, to be there. And, you know, the last thing that I would say is that the other thing is, and, and I sort of talked about this earlier in the sense that like the rain, we had like an obligation to the rainforest is that, um, the, the, the four of us lived on this wooden platform that was 20 feet by 30 feet. It's a very small platform. And, you know, we showered together or bathed together in a stream. We, you know, cooked together, did dishes together, went to bed together, woke up together. So very quickly, when you live in in such intimate settings um, with no one else around, no connection to the outside world, you become a family. And, you know, we became a family in a way that I think people making a documentary um, in, in a city or, or in society would have a much more, more difficult time doing because at the end of the day, people have to go back to their house, right? And like, you you know, you're only going to film someone sleeping for so long before you say, okay, that's enough. Whereas we were there when they were sleeping. So when they woke up, we were there. And when, you know, so anytime something went wrong, we were there for it. Anytime something went went great, we were there for it. Um, and because we were always rolling, we were able to capture a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, I think, um, seems almost scripted. And one of the goals in the edit was to make it feel seamless Mm -hmm. because we did have this constant texture of us rolling all the time. How can we take what they've filmed and what we've filmed and stitch it together in a way where you might not be able to tell? Yeah. Uh, I got my three minute warning. I'll ask a quick question and then you talk as long as you want and nobody will get mad at me. Um, on this last question, um, for folks who are coming at this with some sort of, you know, um, ambiguous relationship to spirituality, uh, maybe are depressed at the, the human condition. Um, why, would they benefit from watching this film in your words? So one of the things that I often say is that before making this film, um, so I've struggled with depression and anxiety for, for 10 years now. And before making this film, it was always a negative for me. It was always something that I just wished would go away. Uh, if, if there was a pill that I could take that would magically make it disappear, I would take it. Unfortunately, you know, there is nothing like that right now. I mean, there's some exciting advances that that we're making in certain fields that might might prove, you know, more fruitful. 
um, and, and curing depression um, and anxiety. But right now is something that you're going to live with for the rest of your life. Yeah. And so a lot of the work that you have to do when you have depression and anxiety is, is reframing your relationship with it. And, um, and that's true of, you know, everything, trauma and grief and, and such. Um, and, and so in the making of this film, I, th through watching Harry and Samantha and, and filming them and making this film, I started to sort of reframe my relationship with my depression and anxiety. And I actually began to ask like, what, what is positive about it? Has it allowed me to see the world differently? Um, and, 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 and in seeing the world differently, has that allowed, has that allowed me to do things um, perhaps that other people wouldn't be able to do if they didn't, don't struggle with depression or anxiety or something else. And I think one of the things that, you, you know, people will see through Harry and Samantha is that what they are able to achieve and the things that they're able to persevere through, that, that's actually the result of everything that they've been through, both good and bad, right? And we're the, we're the, uh, we're, we're made up of, of, of all of our experiences. And um, I think what we see in them is that they've taken these experiences and some, sometimes they were bad and traumatic and they've constructed them into, into something that's allowed them to do the, the very work that we see them doing. Um, and, and that certainly has given me an enormous amount of hope to see that, that it is possible to like actually think about it differently. And, and, you know, and that's something that I think more and more we're starting to generally see people talking about things, um, in a very different way now. Like, you know, people are talking about autism differently. People are talking about, um, all sorts of mental health issues differently and not just as a negative, but, you know, actually it these things can actually be um, something that allow it's, it's something special about that person. It's not something that you should only be looking at as, as, as a, as a bad thing. Yeah. Anything you want to add Melissa? Yeah, I think, you know, in our work, we very much want to highlight this deep human need for nature um, and I think for our own spiritual and mental well-being, it is something that we fundamentally need and, you know, are are helped by our brains, you know, thrive in many ways in nature. We heal quicker when there's a tree or a rooftop garden, you know, even a walk in the park in our neighborhood can help us on a kind of physiological level. So one of the things about this movie, not just the story itself and the themes that the story carries, but also being in a theater or in front of, you know, a computer and listening to the soundscape. We, you know, took a lot of care to construct the actual sounds of this film. We had a sound designer go to the Amazon and record all site-specific audio. Nice. The sounds of the ocelot, the birds, you know, it's as if we're embedding people in the Amazon rainforest for, you know, an hour and 45 minutes. And I think that's really quite powerful and unique because it's, it's not just talking about the power of these places and its impact on our well-being. It's hoping to envelop people through the process of making this movie um, that have that, ex you know, to have that experience. So yeah, I hope people can experience it and enjoy it. I think it does touch on some darker ideas, but it, it's ultimately a hopeful, beautiful story um, and something that can pull out things that we might struggle with, but also, you know, the things that make life worth living. Mm. Well, thank you so much for making this really um, thoughtful work. And I'm looking forward to recommending it to folks. So 
good luck on the rest of your uh, junket here. Thanks, Alexander. Hope Thanks. we didn't take too much time. Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear.